This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello. Welcome to Line Dance Podcast with Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez. We are continuing our several week streak of discussing the Line Dance Marathon 2019 in Raleigh, North Carolina. Today we are outside. We are in the sun. We are at Sonoma State University my alma mater and home of Sonoma State Line Dance Club. It's got to be in the high 70s, maybe even the low 80s today. Super pleasant. And we're getting our tan on, kind of. I think for me, I'm getting like my elbows tanned. I didn't really dress for the sun. But at least it's warm. You've got your nice dress on, soaking it all up. It's very different from the tempestuous weather of North Carolina when we would get rain as we looked out the window of the elevator uh, landing zones and then not rain and humidity it was a wild time in North Carolina the first night of dancing brought us these dances here 8.48pm my set began with Shady, followed by Watch the Tempo, Clap Snap, Whip It, Worldwide, Whatever It Takes, Slowly, Gently, Softly, New Thang, The Queen, Vanatech Cha, Change Your Mind, Crash, Lay Low, Lights Down Low, Run Me Like a River, The Dancing Tree, Come Alive, Lay It Back, what the France got your number just feel like dancing slash so just dance 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 slash sunshine in my pocket rhythm inside second time around anybody who's heard us discuss these two dances at Sonoma State Line Dance Club knows of that pairing trespassing make it shake I came to love you love remains just be falling walls, back it up. Sweet Caroline, bum bum bum. Hurts like a cha-cha. Before I continue too much farther, somebody shared something on Facebook that I enjoyed, which was a little four-panel comic of two soldiers standing with their spears and a body-filled field. I believe it was Johanna Barnes to Darren Bailey. That sounds about right. And in the first panel, they're saying something like, how do we know they aren't just faking it? And in the next panel, they say, sweet Caroline. And then a whole bunch of the bodies say, bum, bum, bum. And then they go around in the fourth panel, stabbing the rest of them, making sure they're truly dead. So anyway, sweet Caroline, hurts like a cha-cha, the boogie and stomp your feet took us to 10.47 p.m. I'll say the next three because I have another timestamp here. Something that you want, fire on fire, and bang were the next three. That uh, was at 10.58 p.m. Do you have any thoughts on the dances that we have listed so far up to this point? Yes. So, first off, it was nice to start off on Thursday without the traditional what I would say, bingo, playable opener dances. Um, Although we have discussed possibly making bingo cards to do that, and that would be a lot of fun. Same time, it was a nice change of pace. Um, Starting with Rhythm Inside. No, 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 backing it up. Got your number. Got your number. Just feel like dancing. So just dance, 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 sunshine in my pocket split, rhythm inside, second time around, trespassing, make it shake, I came to love you, love remains, just be, falling walls, back it up, sweet Caroline, hurts like a cha-cha, the boogie, and stomp your feet. I was out there for every single one of those dances. I thought I was going to die, and I loved every minute of it. Um, I think it was like 15 or 16 tracks. You can go back and count how many I I listed. But, yeah, it was quite the marathon (laughs) 
of dancing. And after that, I was definitely pleased to have a break. Um, I certainly, before that, was on and off the floor pretty regularly, seeing as I know most of what was already played. But I got a, a few breaks here and there. Um, yeah, but so far, that was that's what sticks out in my mind. I definitely focused on in all the dances up until the first timestamp. So from the beginning of Shady and then all the way to Stomp Your Feet, I was focusing on dances by people who were on staff at the event because I knew that on the first day, a lot of people may not have taken the workshop dances from earlier and would really just be dancing dances they already knew. Also, this will have been the first time they've seen, or this would have been the first time they'd seen people on staff, possibly in months or even years. So they would be excited and most excited to dance those dances that they know by these choreographers with them. Whereas, you know, something like graffiti or lonely drum by Carl Harry Winson and Darren Mitchell, respectively, um, those might be dances they know, but they might not be as excited to dance those as you know their favorite Darren dance next to Darren. And of course, with the number of people on staff that there were, it didn't seem likely that I'd run out of dances by Saturday, even if I played a bunch by the people on staff. And I didn't, you know, overload any one person with too many of their own um, beyond what they could handle. So I felt pretty comfortable just really focusing on staff dances um, during that opening chunk. Now, at some point, I did get feedback at around the, you know, 10, 30-ish mark, maybe, that people wanted to dance some of the dances they had learned earlier that day, which is fine. Um, so that, I think, is where something that you want and Fire on Fire came in. Unfortunately, I must admit I was less prepared than I should have been with songs from the earlier uh, teaches. So I didn't really know whether a, a, a song would be upbeat or downbeat, uh, nightclub or waltz. So I, I was definitely didn't want to take too many chances and really just kind of tried to play it safe. I thought, what are some dances that I know, based on events I've been to, people will dance to, that they like, that they get their blood pumping, that get them excited for this weekend of dance. So as you can see, you know, what are some of the ones I mentioned? The Boogie, Stomp Your Feet, Got Your Number, Whatever It Takes, Worldwide. These are some real dancey dances. Wow. So that's, that's where we were up till bang at 10.58. From there, I went with another road to dance. Everybody's grooving, followed by groovy love, and then a few more, a couple more teaches. Uh, everything, so everything that I have or everything I have, nobody. And then this one was very highly requested throughout the entire weekend because Maddie and Fred were both there. Just a phase. And shot of tequila. Can't you see? Those were both uh, teaches. Dive right in, play that sax, tie want love, calm down buddies, power mix, sweet and mentally insane, drop snap, happier, the bounce, sleepwalk with me, boom pow, Celtic duo, graffiti, electric church, have fun go mad, revolution, no drama, pull you through, Taps, boots, secrets we keep, no stress, vampire city, something, tip on it, I think I wrote that there, tip on it, um, in the six, hideaway cha, mirrors, my rules, who's up all night, yes you won't, feel, holding me back, somewhere with you, mad crazy love, don't sweat it, Watch it burn. If you ever tightrope, just dance. Chase that dollar. Wild, wild west. Slow burn. 
just be again, as you can see somewhere along the line. I did not write down when JP took over, but uh, he played just be because I guess he was out of the room when it was uh, played the first time. Uh, pull you closer, thinking and driving, worth it. Hot dance floor at two eighteen a.m. That was a fun surprise for Linda. Uh, Jesse, addicted. Break the internet. Shake that. Feed the fetish. Let me love you. Muddy waters. Blaze of glory. Jesse James, group photo. We ended at 3.03 a.m. I believe it changed over Probably around 11.30. Because I know I, I put in everybody's grooving and groovy love. I'm not sure at what point we changed. I don't think I played Play That Sax, but I may have. I'm not sure. I don't think I did Sweet and Mentally Insane either. Because I would have, if, if I had, I would have said... Uh, you can do Psycho by Guyton and Jill. And actually, maybe I did. I think maybe I did. I feel like you did it one one of the nights, at least. I think I did Boom Pow also. I don't think this was... Oh, but I know I wouldn't have done Celtic Duo because I didn't have the track yet. So it must have changed over hmm, somewhere in the sweet, mentally insane, up until Celtic Duo area. Maybe he started his set with Celtic Duo. I think maybe that's what happened. I don't know because I remember there was a there was some there were some issues involving that track. Um, what were your thoughts on the second half uh, after the ten fifty eight mark where we mentioned bang? Well, I definitely got some breaks for one, and that was appreciated after the stretch that I had had. Um, it was interesting. Trying to. I'm trying to specifically remember Thursday night and separate it from any other nights. Um, there was still, because it was the first night. There was a lot of electricity going on um, when it comes to like people's energy and being on the dance floor and ready for just about anything. And I know there was still a lot of excitement going on because it was the first night. I came to realize that it had been a while since I'd been at a dance event like this. And it definitely is a difference between this and what I do at home on Thursday nights or even at club. Um, because, you know, club only goes for two, maybe three hours if we stay later. And Thursday nights is definitely more of the beginner-friendly bar-style sounding dances. So you don't necessarily get quite the variety of movements um, so it took me a little surprise by by surprise um, the adjustments I had to make personally with my own stamina and realizing it is only the first night I'm not supposed to go all out on night one when there's three other nights ahead of me but all in all, I thought it was a great first night. I think it was one of my favorites in a long time, just because there was just so much going on and so much variety as opposed to what is normally predictable. So I really enjoyed it. Looking at some of these, I'm noticing that I I probably did not do the bounce because I think I was avoiding Scott dances since he wasn't in the room. That first night, I really don't remember seeing much of Scott. So I was holding off on some of his and a lot of his dances don't appear until probably JP said, either because he was okay playing without Scott or Scott may have shown up later. But I, I'm noticing that you know, the bounce, have fun, go mad, feed the fetish, some of these are there regardless of feel is in there as well, uh, possibly regardless of whether he was uh, actually in the room to dance them with everyone. Also, when Vampire City was played, uh, I remember asking JP at some point afterward, whether it was this night or another night with Vampire City, like, how did you know? Like, how do you know that when it gets to this late, late hour of night, maybe it was Saturday that this would happen, um, how do you know that that is a dance that will get all of these sitting people going? Like, do you see them dance earlier in the weekend and then just remember? Or um, 
do you watch for anyone in particular who has fun with it? And then just think, you know what, I'm just going to play it for that person, and you know, maybe other people will know it as well. And he said that he knew that Guillaume liked it. Of course, Vampire City is a Neil's dance. I don't know if Neil's collaborated with anyone, but I think of it as a Neil's dance. So it almost seems like you know a chance that you're taking that they're going to dance someone else's dance because not everybody knows other people's dances, even if they're on staff on, as an instructor. Uh, but he said that he he knew that it was one that Guillaume really liked. And he knew that there were at least a handful of other people who would dance it and who knew it. And also, he said that at the time that he played it, he didn't really worry as much about whether it was a song intended for everyone to dance, because everyone was having a good time already. Like, he was looking around, checking to see, are people engaged in something? Uh, and most of the people were in pockets of, like, conversation or... Um, you know, getting their fair share of dancing in already. And he didn't see, like, a person sitting with crossed arms, leaning back or falling asleep. So he didn't have to think, okay, I better get them out there with American Kids or whatever. He could take more chances like Vampire City and know that as long as someone's dancing it, as long as at least six people are dancing it, it's probably fine. Um, there were definitely dances in here that I wouldn't have thought to play, that I would have forgotten about myself because I, had, I never learned them. So like Sleepwalk With Me, Revolution, Secrets We Keep, I might not have prepared those ahead of time. Um, and Watch It Burn to uh, Set Fire to the Rain, like I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have been aware of that on my, on my radar at all. So uh, it is nice that we can still be surprised on occasion by late night selections. But then some of these others, like Wild Wild West, Yes You Won't, like they were bound to be played at some point during one of the late nights because we've just known that to be the case um, after seeing some of these events. Um, and it was nice to kind of, not, he, he wasn't like provoking at all, but like with Hot Dance Floor, he was, he was like, yeah, maybe, maybe she'll remember her own dance, maybe she won't, but it'll be fun to watch either way. Um, that's one of those things that I think you can get away with after after a while uh, of experience as a DJ. I'm like I said, I, I'm in a place where I'm fine with playing it safe for now, and maybe just occasionally throwing in like a song change or something in the right circumstances. But um, it, it's nice being around a DJ who can do that sort of thing because then we all get to watch, and that's fun too. Also, we finally got to dance worth it with both Maddie and Linda yes. after having taught it at a club. Yes, that was really exciting. I was thinking about it, and pretty much most of the dances that you had mentioned that you might not have necessarily thought of being on your radar, I am lucky enough that those ones in particular would have been because most of those are actually on my list to learn. I just haven't gotten around to do it. But... It's, it's a real interesting experience to be able to observe on purpose um, how different DJs flow and what their way of bringing people up so that there's lots and lots of energy on the floor to bringing them back down so that they can do the soft, pretty ones and not necessarily burn out and then bringing them back up and like how their transitions work with that and being able to watch you and JP that first night was extremely informative and a lot of fun for me because I got to watch you actually take more chances than you realize because you didn't go with the standard opener dances but you went with ones that people would still enjoy and like. And I thought that was a, a risk, but also a good calculated risk. Like you didn't come off and be like, oh, I'm going to do this one dance because I know one person likes it. You, you definitely spoke more to the masses, um, but you also didn't play it completely safe by, say, doing American Kids and Lonely Drum first night. Um, and I got a lot of responses from a lot of different people about how they liked that that was the switch up for Thursday night, that they still got to dance a lot of ones that they know and a lot of ones that they like, but they didn't know 
that they weren't going to hear the other the other dances first night. So I think it made it a little bit easier when it were they were played on say Friday or Saturday. People hadn't heard it six times already at that point, which I think is a, a nice change of pace and very enjoyable. Um, it is certainly something to be said when it comes to the experience and archives that both JP and Louie have, such as Watch It Burn. I'd never, I never would have thought of that one, you know, because that's not one that had ever been brought up to me. So I think with that, I probably, if I was in a DJ's shoes at late night dancing, I would probably have, lack of better term, studied up on the choreographers that are going to be there and what their dances are and might throw them for a loop like that, but have like a backup floor filler immediately after um, as my safety net, essentially, in case it just fails epically. So, but I really enjoyed that first night. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I did with I Came to Love You because I knew I wanted to either dance it or at least hear the song played in the room. And it's a Gary dance. So with him on staff, it's more likely that people would know it at that event compared to like some random Big Bang or whatever, uh, where he might not be there. I also knew that it's been a while since it has been on the regular rotation for events. So I had Love Remains slotted right afterward. As it turned out, people did have trouble starting it and didn't look very confident on their first couple walls. So I did go out there and dance it with them for a couple walls and then went back to the booth. Uh, but I, I don't even really feel bad about I mean, the whole idea that, you know, um, I've heard uh, people say like the DJ's job is to keep the floor full, but I I don't play it so safe that, uh, that it is just all night pontoon, etc. Because I think it's more, there's more to it than just a full floor, especially when we have at this, an event like this, a beginner room and an all request room. I think there should be some chances taken because people might not, for example, people might love the late night dances, but might not want to stay up that late. If they can see some of those played earlier, than they might expect, they finally get to dance that dance. And and uh, it's sort of like, uh, I want to say like the Gulfstream or any other sort of circulatory biological system where if you have nutrients and and like a bunch of fertilized stuff at the bottom of a river and you have a bunch of warm water at the top that doesn't that's not really carrying anything then all of those nutrients will just kind of stay there and not be any good for anybody if they're left there but if you can get some churn going or maybe a flood or something then you can dredge up all of that really good stuff from the bottom and bring it up to the surface where it can splash out to the banks and then really great stuff can grow from there. But you need circulation. If opener stuff is always left in the opening and late night stuff is always left in late night, then there's never any crossover. And I would want there to be more interesting mixtures um, and not just the same usual format. You also can't completely flip it because late night people might be fewer in number and then only they get to have fun in those first couple hours. And the great majority of people who do know American Kids and Pontoon and all that, they might have a lot that they sit through. So finding some way to balance and mix those, um, if possible, would keep everybody happy and keep it different from the last event you attended, where it was all the same stuff in the same order. Uh, also, I did prepare, as you were mentioning, like doing some doing some research. Um, I looked 
at some of the more popular dances by each of the choreographers ahead of time. And I also looked at playlists from Windy City and Showdown. I think those were the two that I really focused on. And anytime a dance jumped out at me as either one that one of the choreographers in attendance did or was just really popular regardless of who choreographed it, I had it on a mm, sort of maybe list. Just a, an in-case-of-emergency, you know, whip-this-one-out kind of thing. Um, I was also given the feedback to not be so prepared and just wing it and, uh, you know, play people's requests and play to the room. That's really easy to say when you have more experience than me and you can just use your instincts, but I'm still developing my instincts. And until... I can trust my instincts more and have it not fall completely flat and make a lot of people angry. Um, I think the way that I'm doing it right now has proven to be okay for now. I also don't want, say, this this Thursday night playlist to be my go-to for every gig I do in the future. I'd still want to mix it up. But I think that the philosophy behind it is okay. That. Um, you know, on the first night, people are excited to dance with their people, their choreographers, their instructors. So have those ready, but also don't overload the instructors. Somebody else told me like, we don't need to work them so hard um, and mix in some others maybe. I also wish I'd been more prepared with the workshop teachers from that day. So that's something I'll be carrying into the future. And um, I also have some thoughts that I'll, I'll get into later on how many slow dances in a row are okay and why? But you look like you have some thoughts. I'm going to pass it back to you. What possibly could have given that away? <laughs> Was it my finger to my nose? <laughs> I'm pressing a button. So one of the things I wanted to remember was that I actually was speaking with someone and they had mentioned that they were really excited. I don't remember which night it was, but they were really excited that they did, in fact, get to dance one of the later night dances earlier before they got to go to bed because they never get to dance that dance. So that was a rave review. And I was I was really happy that they got that experience because I know what it's like. I mean, I stay up out of sheer FOMO. I am so scared of what I'm going to miss if I am not in that ballroom until the survivor photo. So there's that. The other thing I wanted to mention had to do with, I think, a better way of explaining, and I hope I'm correct in, in speaking and including you in this thought, is that it wasn't that you had prepared a playlist in advance that you were going to play all of these dances so much as you had a list that you could quickly reference yep. so that if you were put on the spot... All you had to do was glance and be like, oh, I could play that track now and that'll fill the floor as opposed to trying to come up with it while you're developing your instincts. So much as like, as opposed to we're going to play A and then we're going to play B and then we're going to play C and, you know, so on and so forth. So I think it was more of a, a reference point, which for me, I think that's a great idea being a new DJ myself. Like, I like the idea of having a list that I can pull from and then that fills in the gaps in between my requests so that I can still pay people's requests. I still get them out there. But then there's those random ones that I, I was like, oh, I totally forgot about, you know, whatever it takes. Not really, but you know what I mean. Um, this way it allows me to have that quick reference, make a quick list of a couple dances in a row so that then that gives me more time to look at the request list and really judge and look around the room and be like okay who's been sitting out for a while who knows these dances who am I killing because they've been on the floor for the last 12 dances so on and so forth so I thought um, at least I am of the same opinion going into the event with a quick reference list is a smart plan as well as looking at the archives of each individual 
uh, choreographer and instructor that will be at the event. Therefore, you can pull out some of their more popular ones or even some of their semi-popular ones that we both agree should have gone further. When You Love Someone by Gary O'Reilly, check it out. Not a shameless plug at all. I love it. It was an amazing dance. And when I got to speak with him, he wants to bring it back as well. So I'm on board. You just let me know where and when, and I'm, I'm, I'm there. Um, but being able to look at older dances, too, might be fun for people who have been around for a while and have been experiencing these events for a long time and have had so many dances in the meantime taken over, as well as it's fun for people like me who've only been doing it a few years to see these dances come back from, you know, 10 years ago and people get excited about them. And I'd be like, what is this dance? Why don't I know this? What is, what is going on? So that's a fun way to bring back a dance and bring life into the event in its own unique way. For instance, I'll, you know, remember where we first saw Make It Shake. I'll remember where we first saw Fuego. I'll remember where I first saw The Beast. Those aren't new dances, you know. Those have been around for a while. But I remember where I was when I was exposed to those dances. And I remember feeling the same exact way. Why don't I know this dance? So I like the idea that sometimes having those archives that you can pull out with experience like JP and Louie or the less experienced because we haven't been around as long you and myself having that as an option could be really fun yeah um, those dances definitely don't get played when the DJ plays it too safe you know if if, um, if they're expecting everyone on the floor to know the beast like they're probably in the UK um, it is okay, though, to once in a while have that showcase sort of dance. Kind of like when we were at Twin Oaks that one time when somebody requested Dig Your Heels. None of our people knew Dig Your Heels. We hadn't even looked at it in months. And he seemed so excited by it um, that even with everyone not knowing it, it still seemed worth it to play because you know, maybe it would be fun to watch. That's the kind of thing that makes one night different from another. Otherwise, you end up... Like even in our bar situation, um, with every night feeling like every other night, it's the same set of dances, just in a different order. And you need somebody to come along and dance something spectacular uh, for you to just enjoy watching to remember that that night existed at all. Uh, I wish that I maybe had a little bit more... Um, the word be? I don't know, cachet? Um, not latitude. I don't know. There's some word for... It, it would be nice to have a little bit more get-away-with-it-ness um, to, to be able to play those kind of dances early. But, you know, that'll maybe eventually come in time where I can trust that the room won't die because I played something. Um, and that there will be enough people to make it interesting for everyone else. It's like playing Speechless with Rachel in the room. She can be the only person dancing. It doesn't matter. Everyone's going to be happy that that was played so they could watch her dancing. Um, there were three thoughts that came to mind. One was, um, mathematically, I hope people understand, not every request can be played, especially not during my set, because mine is time-limited. Uh, JP can play as long as he feels like, and then you know the hotel will come in and clean at around 6.30 and maybe people will be done dancing by then. But uh, I, unfortunately, at least in this situation, had a rough you know, time stop of either 10 or 11 o'clock or 11.30 or somewhere in between. So as much as I wanted to get every, everybody's requests in, uh, I, I could not. Um, and also, I think it's okay, this whole idea that... Uh, Sometimes people might sit through a dance. That's okay at an event where there's an all-request room and a beginner room. I don't think we're in competition with each other as rooms. I think it's great that they all have their different role. And I, I don't think that it's necessarily the intermediate room. I think the main ballroom should make things interesting for everyone if possible. But without sounding like I'm blaming at all, if you're sitting... Just know that you have options. 
Like, there are other rooms where your more obscure request, or my goodness, bake ID at an event, that is ambitious to get that played in the main ballroom. Like, um, yes, it would be interesting to watch. Unfortunately, there are so many versions that just couldn't come together cleanly because um, that's the nature of that dance and song. Um, if you're sitting, hopefully you, you won't be too upset about that, but just know that you can go other places. There'll be many more nights to dance, many more opportunities. Um, and, oh, and the third thing was about the instructors. I don't think it's the worst thing that they have, have to dance more. Y'all are professionals. <laughs> I, I should be so lucky that someday so many You'll dances are played that I know and have to dance to. Whether it's one that I choreographed or one that I just love, I do not mind being abused by the DJs uh, with like every dance I know and like being played. Like that's great. That's great. And, you know, I understand when people have injuries, I maybe should take it easier on them because, like, they can't in good conscience sit out of one that they choreographed. But, like, that is, I think, I think, what should come with the territory. Two dances in a row? Oh, oh my goodness, like, that's a lot of work. Like, I, that should not be the maximum <laughs> for what a, an individual choreographer is you know, expected or uh, being put on the spot to dance. As you mentioned, you, a casual dancer, did, it looked like 15, 15 dances in a row, because that's why you go to events, is to dance. <laughs> like, I, I would be happy to go to an event where I had that many to dance myself. We were at a social recently where I didn't dance for most of it. I had requests too, and they were played or offered to be played four hours after I requested them when no one was around to either see them and be excited to maybe learn them someday or where all the people who might have known them left because all their requests were already played. That's not fun for me. I'd rather have to dance 15 in a row than dance zero. So, you know, not, not, uh, not, not saying that anybody out there um, who you know, feels like they're dancing a lot and would rather not dance a lot. Not, not to say that any of them are wrong, but I'm just saying that in, in my position, if I were in that position myself, um, I'd like the workout because that's what I would hope for when I go to an event. I also, you know, I'm coming at this from a place of having not taught dances all day or gotten little sleep because of an international flight. So I understand there are reasons why people might not feel 100% at their best, especially on the first night. Um, so I, and I will keep that in uh, mind as well in hopefully ki kind of taking it up easy on some of the instructors within reason. Any other thoughts on this first night? I'm going to scan it again. Not so much on the first night, but we did reference the beast. Ah. And I wanted to reference Jenny Bradshaw as well and her upcoming event in January 2020 that she is putting on as her post on Facebook as of yesterday says looks like hashtag battle of the beast trading has already started for some January 2020 hashtag bring it on so just thought I'd uh, throw out that little plug there as well because that is definitely one of my favorite dances to watch as well as participate in just because there is so much freedom and fun in it that you can add conversations. Um, I do agree with you in the sense that I like the idea of the choreographers that are willing to be in the ballroom for extended periods of time and out there willing to dance so many dances in a row. Um, I actually want to acknowledge Guillaume Richard for this particular weekend at Marathon. He was on that dance floor so much, giving it his all, having a blast, and so amazingly talented and entertaining. 
I just, he is without a doubt an absolute treasure. And I'm so grateful that he is in the line dance community. He is amazing. And I cannot wait to see him at future events strictly because of his passion for dance and the dancers. So I just definitely wanted to give him that kind of acknowledgement because I think he went above and beyond what was expected and I loved it. Yeah, having DJed the pizza party on Sunday, he brought so much life and fun and sass to that room. I also want to give a shout out to Jason Takahashi because he also has you know, maybe informally done his homework on dances. He is lucky enough to dance with the Lance Shemmel in Southern California. And because of that, he knows a lot of other things. And a lot of dances that maybe are more like international. So they'll like maybe be on the as well. Um, Sunday was all kinds of fun. Guillaume, I think, was... After a while, the only person on staff who was still around. And with him, Jason, the Rogers sisters, um, Chris from SoCal, and I mean, we can look at the group photo later because it'll probably be in another episode at this point. Um, with all the, the dance knowledge that was in that room and the energy that was brought into those dances, as a DJ, it made it a lot more fun and a lot easier to take chances on requests that I wasn't sure about, like Hairspray? How many people know Hairspray in this day and age? But they made that one of the highlights of the night. Because not only did they know it, they knew it well enough to play with it. And I love knowing, going into an event, that somebody like that is going to be there. We, as we've mentioned probably in the previous Reflection episode and just in other Reflection episodes in general, we know that about... Maddie and Shane and Rebecca because of Vegas. And that kind of stuff sticks with you. you know, seeing them play, knowing what it is that they like and what they dance to, uh, makes you want to bring that to another crowd, especially if you're DJing and you know you can play Swingin' R's or something, uh, for the people. Like, not just for the dancers who are going to enjoy it, but for everybody else who is going to be in the room while... Neon Moon is played and Maddie sings along with Will or something. Like, um, you know that you can count on these fun staff people to add something that's not on the agenda. It's not planned for exactly. No one really knows that that's going to happen, but you know, and maybe if a friend of yours is saying, oh, I think I'm going to go to bed, and you're like, no, no, no. No, stick around. Just trust me on this. Something's going to happen tonight. I have a feeling I, I know what it is. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, owe you, I'll owe you a Snapple or something if it doesn't happen. But just stick around, even if you're tired. Because yeah. I was going to say, you owe you a Coke, like when you jinx. And it's like, oh, you owe me a Coke. They're like, ah, I don't, don't want to throw some Coke. I like Snapple. Snapple's nice. If anyone wants to sponsor me with Snapple, I'll give it to a Or Gayaki. Or Starbucks. Or Starbucks. <laughs> um, just looking at some of the specifics of the night, um, Let Me Love You, I'm glad that we had recently enough in our bodies to feel comfortable in dancing. Feed the Fetish was one that I'm real glad that we learned when we did, um, so we've had lots of time to enjoy it. Hideaway Chaw, of course, is you know, a reliable classic. I really wish I had gotten to play Swamp Thing. It just didn't happen. I wish somebody had requested it so that I could put it on there um, sooner. Like, it was on one of the request lists, but it was at a time when I had to transition to the end of my set, so I couldn't get it on there in time. I wanted to, though. I want there to be more classics played so that people can see them and be interested in them and keep them alive. And also, shout out to, I think, Laura Sway, who had posted recently on Facebook with playlists for her classic social that's coming up. It's like retro thing that's happening. And there were so many good looking classics and many that I don't know at all. And of course there's gonna be in the UK where they have a lot more focus on that sort of thing. I don't see as much of that in uh, the United States or at least not labeled as such. But man, I wish I could be there because I wanna dance the ones that I know because I never get a chance to dance them anywhere else. I've tried to teach some of them and they just haven't stuck. Um, 
but I also want to be surprised again. I want to see more that I don't know that must have been good enough to be kept around for 20 years. Otherwise, they wouldn't still be danced. Um, I, I've talked about trust me so many times. Uh, I want to know what else is like that out there. You know, weird songs, weird step patterns, things that really, like the Beast, can't even be brought into other dances because they're too distinctive. They're so unusual and fun that you can only ever dance that little bit in the beast. Otherwise, dancing it anywhere else reminds you of the beast. You might as well just dance the beast at that point. So yeah, there were some of those some of those classics uh, brought in on the first night. Some of them I think were saved for later. Uh, Slow burn was played. I really would have liked to do more John dances, but uh, I understand that maybe not as many people would have known them. I think he did teach one of his old ones, Jive Walk. Yes. I think that was one that he was going. He was bringing back for the for marathon. Yeah, um, marathon. Yeah, and I think I learned at some point 747 Chicago Shuffle recently for Line Dance Club, but we just never ended up teaching it. There are so many that might be worth a second look, but there's the question of who's going to actually dance it, where can it be danced, and like, is the music even up to date? Because the dance might be great, but like some some of the songs haven't really held up. Oh, speaking of song changes, music changes, I think floor splits are totally legit. Tightrope is on here at what must have been like 1 a.m. And I'm sure we did rolling rhythm. I definitely did. But um, not every DJ announces that floor splits are possible. So again, if you see people sitting and you're not sure what to do about that and you really don't want to put on American Kids, as an instructor, do your part, I think. Not going to tell anyone what they should or must do, but give people options for rolling counts, for nightclubs, uh, for just four on the floor beats like Mama Maria. That way, if it's late at night and they don't know anything because they haven't been around in dance long enough, but they're super excited because this is their first event and they want to stay up late and see everything, give them an option. By that point, if there's a huge dance floor, if there's room for a floor split, you can say, yeah, uh, Mama Maria on the far side, rolling rhythm on the far side, let it be on the far side, and just know that those are possibilities. And yes, people at some point have to actually learn the floor split dances for those to be viable choices. But again, that's where being an instructor comes in and making that as important as teaching the new latest hot beginner dance. Like teach them a floor split beginner dance and they can use that anywhere. Any other thoughts before we assess what the current time is and, uh, and how much time we have for more playlists? All right. Well, while you look at the time, yep. um, I want to go off a little bit further down that rabbit hole of floor splits and say that I know we had a lot of success when we were responsible for the floor splits for Palm Spring Winter Break this last year. And we found some fun song switches for dances that we could then bring back and teach our beginner classes and make them relevant for them because now it's a newer modern song and it works. And I know originally we had talked about, well, then they're going to imprint and then they're not going to want to learn the other dance, but that's not true because I know three dances to the Stomp Like Hell song. I know Rachel's, I know Pat Esper's, and I know John Lieberman's. Like, so people will imprint, yes, because they're going to have their first exposure to it, but that doesn't mean that they're above learning a different dance, especially when they graduate from a beginner to improver to intermediate level dancer. They're going to want the challenge, and they're still going to enjoy that same track. So there is that possibility that they'll still learn the harder dance when they're they feel they're ready. So I think it's still important to have those uh, those song switches and floor split options. On that as well, I know Rachel is a master, in my opinion, of finding floor split options. She has on her website, and almost every time she's posted anything about a social she will show that she has, here's the song that's going to be playing, here's the floor split option. So she's definitely a, let me rephrase that. 
her workshop playlists are definitely a tool for other people to go on and look at and use as a guideline to find their own as well. So that's something to be said. You reminded me of reference. You were saying earlier about um, having dances on a sheet as reference. Because, yeah, you really can't just um, say, this is what I'm playing and that's it, like in this order. Because you don't know who's going to be in the room at what time. You don't know who's going to have an injury and you're going to have to skip a bunch of their dances. Um, It's, like you were saying, uh, it's really more important just to have options so that you can be ready for anything and you don't forget that a dance exists. What that reminded me of is dancing to live music. It's so easy, especially, I'm going to use Sonoma County as an example. It's so easy to say, oh, this sounds like a Tropicana parking lot, an MIB. Redneck Angel. Well, I'm getting to that in a moment, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, um, what was it? Yeah, Tropicana Parking Lot, Sweet Sensation, Tush Push, Electric Slide, Mbop, MIB, the usual Sonoma County dance choices that keep being returned to because that's what's first on your mind. It's what you, it's what you danced last time something of this tempo came up. And you forget that you could get creative with it. Do Lonely Drum to it. Oh, yeah, okay, so you usually do Lonely Drum to that song. Well, you know what? MIB could be done to the original song, but it's done to a gajillion other ones anyway. Uh, somebody just originally, back in the day, took a chance on it and said, let's try a different song for this dance. And then it became okay. It became acceptable to swap out whatever other song, um, in a, or swap in another song for MIB Whereas other ones seem like they're locked in place. Like, oh, you can't do anything else with Watermelon Crawl. You got to dance Watermelon Crawl to Watermelon Crawl. Nothing else works. Well, maybe it could if you tried. Uh, This is what happens if you trust your instincts without having a wider range of possibilities. Under pressure, you'll go for the safe thing and you'll forget about all the possibilities that would have worked if you had had more time to think about it in advance. that's when having a cheat sheet like we have for floor splits, for, for uh, BPM alternatives, that's when that comes in handy. Because coming to Redneck Angel, at Stagecoach, it was so easy and too easy. For all of you SoCal listeners out there, uh, you'll understand. It's when you hear a certain tempo, you're like, oh, that's Redneck Angel. That's, that's Redneck Angel. Oh, that one's also Redneck Angel. And this one could be Redneck Angel, but maybe a little faster. Like, it's the first thing that comes to mind, but that's not necessarily the only option. It's just the one that you did last to that tempo, so you do it again to that tempo. Under pressure, and with very little time to think about all your options, it's understandable. Redneck Angel, After Party, Blue Jeans On, Mbop, Dizzy even, a lot of these keep coming up because there isn't a reference and there isn't that exposure to dances like Back It Up or Shoop. Some of these other, Have Fun, Go Mad. These other dances that are under 105 beats per minute that could be just as appropriate for the song that you would say, oh, this hits really well. Well, yeah, it hits really well. It's the same tempo. Like you're used to doing that dance to that tempo you just do it to a different song most of the time. Um, if you don't, if you don't look while you do have time ahead of time at all of the options, you won't be ready when it comes time to need an option. Um, so I, yeah, I, I definitely agree that being too rigid and, and saying this is what the playlist is going to be you know, takes a lot of spontaneity out of it, a lot of fun out of it, and also can definitely send you down the wrong path if the choreographer of that dance isn't even in the room uh, to enjoy it with everyone. But it's, I think, perfectly acceptable to be ready and have a lot of possibilities for your opener dances. It doesn't have to be, oh, hey, we wrapped up the performance earlier than usual, so let's get those, let's get the songs on that, uh, you know, start our open dance. Like, oh my God, um, Pontoon, Lonely Drum, American Kids, We Are Tonight, like whatever it might be. Um, that might be like your panic mode set, 
but think of what else could be possible if you really you know, study the archives and say, oh, everyone knows that dance, but we usually play that at 10. Why don't we play that at 8.30? I think it would be fine at 8.30. It's, it's improver enough. It'll catch enough people's you know, uh, attention walking by at the end of dinner. You know, they'll, they'll all want to flood in for this. Let's try that. It's not what you'd first think of, but it'll make it the event different. It'll, it'll make it more interesting. And sometimes it might be a risk, but nothing ventured, nothing gained. Additional thoughts? Not really, because for the most part, I think we've covered a lot of the first night, and we've definitely gone off on our little soapbox tangents that we're so good at doing. Yay! Um, I do want to say that I, I really appreciate how many listen, listeners we have on a semi-regular basis, and how you haven't gotten sick of us yet. It's uh, quite special. I'm going to say that much. Um, going back to the event, I guess in the last, like, say, four minutes here or not, mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts about going into it and then your experience after your first night that you could maybe reference? Uh, I, like I mentioned earlier, I definitely wish I had been more prepared with knowing what the workshop dances sounded like. One of the re- uh, resources I got later that I really would have liked to have that first day uh, was a list of how many people attended each class. I would not have been able to run around to every class and give that quick assessment. Well, maybe I could have, and I just didn't. Um, that might be something for me to consider next time I have a DJ gig like this. But that was so helpful to have later. I did not have that the first day. I had no idea what was popular. Um, I, if I had listened to the music more in depth, besides you know, the ones that I kind of already knew, I would have known what would fit in well after Shady and before She Used to Be Mine or something like that. Like I, I would know where something fit. But um, like I said, the first night, I really played it safe. I just kind of did what I knew has been popular in the past by choreographers who were on staff. I did not play even as many requests as I did later. Once we got into later nights, I was doing like everything off the request list. Uh, and I was just looking for excuses to play ones that I had previously set aside as uh, you know, being by a choreographer on staff. And I would just, yeah, I, I, I would need like one person to request it later for me to say, yep, I'm putting that on. But the first night I didn't look as closely at that um, because I remembered receiving feedback before that request lists are more of a suggestion list. Like this is what we were told at other events. Um, people would put out request lists and, and say, yeah, and they, it says request, but it's really just an idea. Like people shouldn't expect that anything will necessarily be played if the DJ thinks that you know, by their discretion, something else should be played. So I thought, okay, well, I guess I'll take that into account for this first night. But then I also got feedback that I wasn't playing enough requests. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of compatible with what was said earlier by the same people <laughs> about how they're just suggestions. But um, it's, it's a lot of balancing and a lot of juggling. And I think for the first night, I got enough positive feedback to think, all right, I guess that was all right for the first night. But I was absolutely open to taking feedback I received after that first night into the next nights and making those nights different from the first night. For example, yeah, first night, maybe a lot of people didn't show up until eight o'clock. So of course they couldn't have taken any of the classes, but by Friday, yeah, most of the people are there. Saturday, absolutely. They're gonna wanna dance what they learn. So those nights were a lot heavier on workshop dances, lighter on random dances from the past, like Italiano or whatever. Uh, even though Italiano was one of the ones I played in my set, because Shane was there. Um, First night, I, I would not mind having more nights like the first night at future events. And I will definitely be keeping my playlist from the first night as a reference in case these folks get together again for another event um, with, with that kind of energy in mind. All right. I appreciate your feedback. Um, I think for the most part, we've covered... of the first night and our thoughts and our feelings and going forward what we may or may not change or learn from. So I think that's good. 
Uh, quick plug for Line Dancer Radio. Check out linedancer-radio.com for all of your line dance music and, um, and dance needs. <laughs> uh, they, they play a lot of good stuff on that station where uh, you can hear music for dances. Also, linedancepodcast.com is where you can find all of our episodes each week. It's all one word, linedancepodcast.com. I think we're even going to be on Spotify if we're not already in the next, like, I don't know, couple day days. Yeah. All right. Well, for Line Dance Podcast, this has been Megan Barcelia, Christopher Gonzalez. Thank you again for tuning in. Until next time, we will see, see you on, on the, the dance floor. floor.